Welcome to the Ever Athlete Podcast, where we discuss performance in life and sport. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Smith, and I'm a coach to elite athletes, CEOs, and everyday humans. In this show, we discuss performance training, longevity, and stories for personal growth. Before we dive into the show today, I want to remind you of the important role that you play in the success and growth of this show. If you enjoy the content that we're bringing through these episodes, please subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, and if you can, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. What's up and welcome to the episode. Today we're going to break down, this is our first episode doing One Question Wednesday. Uh, About a week ago, I threw up a question or poll in our story on social media and said, hey, I'm going to do an AMA episode. Ask me anything. I'll respond to it on the podcast. And we got a bunch of questions. Some of them were ridiculous, like, why are you such a donkey? Where do mung beans come from? Uh, What languages do you know about? (laughs) There were some ridiculous questions in the... uh, (laughs) in the comment section of this one, but we did get some serious ones. And one of those that I really want to address in this episode is how to train around and navigate a significant gash or wound. And in this case, it was the athlete. They're a mountain biker who landed on their knee a few weeks ago. It was about six weeks ago. And they needed to get stitches in their knee. It was a pretty significant cut. It went down to the tendon and They wanted to know what to do. So in regards to gym training and being thoughtful about how you progress through an injury like that is something that I want to address on this podcast. Now, whenever it comes to a wound, so, you know, a gash in your skin, you have to remember that it's not only skin that's being affected. So while it is a flesh wound, there is tissue like fascia underneath the skin and you have all these layers that intertwine and interconnect from the skin down into your muscle and tendon tissue. And it's very important when you have damage to that to let it heal. And then as we get further and further down on the healing timeline, you can start to implement some some techniques to reduce scar tissue development, improve mobility in the area, But those early stages, you really want to let that heal. So if you had to get stitches, in the early stages of getting stitches, one, you want to get really clear with your healthcare provider on how long they think it's going to take for that wound to heal. So getting a clear picture of the timeline of healing of that wound is one, going to be subjective for everyone, but also it's very important to respect. So you want to have clear guidance on what that timeline is going to be. In the early stages of that, You do not want to try and stretch that area out. So if we have those two ends of the wound coming back together and healing, we're getting that scab formation. Eventually, that's going to be scar formation. These things are critical to happen. And we want to assist the body in letting that happen and really suggest to the body that we want those two ends to come together. The way that we do that is by not stressing the tissue. So not going into deep knee bending or challenging the mobility in that area and trying to force that area to open up. You don't want to do that in the early phases. As things start to close up, so once we get that scab, once we start to get that scar tissue development, then we can start playing around with the mobility in that area. And one of the ways to do that is just, you know, on your knee, you take your hands on either side of that wound 
and you press into the skin and you just shift side to side. You can also shift up and down and you can do some diagonal. But as you do that, you want to make sure that the tension that your hands are creating is not pulling the wound apart. You want to keep that wound together and create those directional pulls while keeping that wound together. So make sure that you're not pulling the wound apart. We do not want that. We want that wound to heal. And that is critical in the early stages. You also might need to keep your knee fairly straight. So going into deep knee bending is going to separate those areas or put pressure on that area even more. You don't want that to happen. While that scab is forming, you want to allow that to happen. And again, do not create additional stress to the body because if you start to pull those ends apart of the wound, you are actually increasing the amount of scabbing and scar formation that needs to take place. And that's something that you're going to have to work through later. So respect the front end of that process. Don't challenge it too much. Make sure that you're staying within the boundaries of your pain and also keeping a close eye on whether you're whether or not you're creating bleeding, additional bleeding or separation of the cut with your movements. So avoiding those things in the early stages is very, very important. As we start getting into the training side of things. So if you're in the gym and you're looking to continue to build strength, even while your knee is healing or that wound is healing, you want to choose movements that don't create that stretch effect. So we're going to avoid deep knee bending with squatting, lunging, split squats, and that sort of stuff. We want to keep the legs fairly straight. And there's a lot of exercises that we can perform like deadlifts and so on that will allow us to do that. You also want to avoid knee compression. So pressing that knee down into the ground or a pad, if that's creating bleeding or irritation, that can also be problematic. So avoid that on the front end. Keep that thing very closed up and covered in the gym. There's a lot of bacteria and things that can infect your wound in the gym. So making sure that you're keeping that thing cleaned up and covered up in the gym is very important to prevent stuff like staph infections. Now, as we start getting into the later stages of the healing process, we can start adding in some partial knee bending. So we can do half squats, quarter squats, whatever feels appropriate and within the boundaries of your pain levels and bleeding levels. Do not separate that cut. Do not cause additional scabbing and scar tissue to develop. As we get further along, we can start increasing the range of motion of those movements. So we can start adding deeper squatting and so on. Another option for you in those early stages is to switch out Any squatting with stuff like wall sits, you know, there's very simple stuff like that where you can develop a little bit of strength in your, in your quads. You can maintain that strength without creating that super deep knee bend that could disrupt your healing process. So the key with any wound is to make sure that one, you let that thing heal up in the front end, respect your body, respect the healing timeline. Don't do too much and do not create additional stress in that area that your body's going to have to overcome. As you get further down that healing timeline, you can start adding in some gentle mobility stuff using your hands, just going up and down side to side. You know, there's simple stuff that you can do to mobilize the scar. And then in addition to that, avoiding that deep knee bending, keeping your legs fairly straight in the gym, at least until you have that scar develop or that scab developed and you can start bending and challenging that a little bit more. This is an art. It's not a an exact science. You're going to have to work with your body, but a good clear picture as to whether or not you're doing the right stuff is are you creating more bleeding? Are you creating more inflammation around the area? You want to avoid that. Now, inflammation is another thing that I do want to cover here. There's a few things that you can do to reduce the amount of inflammation. 
one of those things, and actually it's important to remember when you have a cut like that on the skin, you're going to have inflammatory properties in the surrounding area, which can make your knee fairly sensitive. The bursa sac in your knee, the tendon, all of those surrounding structures can start to get inflamed and irritated from a wound to the skin. So we want to make sure that we're keeping that thing clean and we're also addressing some of that inflammation. Simple ways to do that. One, avoid taking NSAIDs if you can. You don't want to take that stuff because you're actually preventing the inflammatory process, which is very necessary for healing. We want that to happen. Other stuff that you can do, if you have a cut on your knee, you can use electric stim on your calves. So electric stim is a great way to get passive muscle firing, passive muscle activation that can help your lymphatic system push fluid or swelling out of an area. So I like to throw electric stim on the calves for 15 to 20 minutes, a couple times a day to help reduce swelling and inflammation around the knee. Additionally, you can raise your legs up. So just resting with your legs above your heart is a very simple way to reduce inflammation overall and get that fluid out of your legs. And honestly, if you're in a, in a pretty intense healing period, if you're really trying to get that area to heal and you're trying to take stress off, doing that periodically throughout the day for 15 to 20 minutes, getting those legs up can be very helpful in draining fluid out of your legs. The more that we're on our feet, the more gravity is pulling fluid down into our lower body and really congesting the area. So if we want to reduce the congestion there, getting those legs up, throwing some stim on can be very helpful as well. Ice is kind of a middle ground, kind of a gray area. You certainly don't need to use ice. I actually think that using electric stim is a little bit more helpful and a little bit more effective. So those are the two things that I would add in there. Additionally, there are vitamins and supplements that you can use for wound healing. Those things you can find online or ask your healthcare provider about, but things that support skin healing and skin health vitamin A, E, all of those, those can be super helpful for improving wound healing overall and can be very helpful during a period of time like healing a gash. So those are my thoughts on training around and improving the wound healing if you do have one. And I know that this is a very common thing to have happen with runners, cyclists, and so on. So making sure that you're respecting your healing timeline, but doing what you can with what you have is critical to moving forward. All right, that's it for One Question Wednesday. That's a wrap on the podcast. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Ever Athlete Podcast. I'll catch you next time.